Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem, anthem. to the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, go. Slendy. Hey, you already know what's up. What's that? Another home run. But you know the job ain't done. Till we hold that trophy up. Hey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 518 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is November 20th, 2023, Thanksgiving week. A lot to be thankful for, obviously. And, you know, last week was a tough one for sure. Hopefully, this week's going to be much better and hopefully we're going to get some Padres news here this week um but before we get to talking about the latest in the Padres manager search which isn't a whole lot Adrian Gonzalez was one former Padre that was named to the ballot for the 2024 uh Hall of Fame there was another guy James Shields so we'll discuss that there's also plenty of other stuff to discuss around San Diego sports that I'll get to here at the end. So thank you all for joining. If you're here live on YouTube or if you're watching on replay or if you're listening on the podcast platforms, definitely appreciate all of you. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that is pinned up at the top of the chat. I will get to the comments and the questions as always there in the chat. But yeah, let's start with the Hall of Fame ballot. This year's Hall of Fame ballot released today. There's some familiar names, those that have been on the ballot for years. There are guys where it's their final year, like Gary Sheffield, which I guess former Padre, I should have included him on there on that list. But I guess I was just looking at new players that were placed on this ballot this year. So here is the ballot. We got Bobby Abreu, Jose Bautista, Carlos Beltran, Adrian Beltre, Mark Burley, Bartolo Colon, who obviously hit that home run off James Shields. Adrian Gonzalez, Todd Helton, Matt Holliday, still hasn't touched home plate, Torrey Hunter, Andrew Jones, Victor Martinez, Joe Maurer, Andy Pettit, Brandon Phillips, Manny Ramirez, Jose Reyes, A-Rod, Francisco Rodriguez, Jimmy Rollins, Gary Sheffield, James Shields, Chase Utley, Omar Vizquel, Billy Wagner, and then David Wright. When I look at this ballot, I'm obviously going to get to Agon here. When I look at this ballot, if I had a vote for the Hall of Fame, obviously I don't. That would obviously be a huge honor to get that opportunity. There's some 
writers that have chose not to do it because for them it's just too big of a too big of an ask maybe maybe they feel like there's a lot of pressure on them i don't know but some people just you know they have the opportunity and they just stop voting for the hall of fame i, I know there's some that like have had the opportunity for um certain awards like mvp and all that and they stopped doing that as well uh, but you know, it's. I think it would be an honor to get that opportunity. If I was voting, I would vote for guys. I look at their name and I say Hall of Famer. I don't have to look at their stats. Should I look at their numbers? Yes, I should. But I think the Hall of Fame should be reserved for those that are Hall of Famers. There's some guys that are in there, I feel like, that are Hall of Very Good, and they should be in that category, but they end up making it into the Hall of Fame. So. The guys that I look on this list, like Carlos Beltran, I think of Houston Astros and the cheating scandal. Very good player. But I would, my gut would say no. I haven't looked at the numbers. If I went and looked at the numbers for Carlos Beltran, which I will do right now, I'm sure that my opinion would change on some of these guys. Rookie of the year, nine-time All-Star. You look at that, and it's like three gold gloves, World Series champ, two silver sluggers. Yeah, the guy should be a Hall of Famer, a 70 war. That's like way higher than some guys who got into the Hall of Fame. OPS plus of 119, over 400 home runs in his career, over 2,700 hits. Like I look at that like, yeah, that's Hall of that's a Hall of Famer. But I don't know, my gut just initially said no. So initially I would say no on Carlos Beltran, but I would not be surprised if he ended up getting in. Adrian Beltre, yes. Adrian Gonzalez, my gut says no, and I'll get to him here in a second. Uh, Burley, no. Cologne, no. This is just my gut, just going through this ballot quickly. Todd Helton, I'd say yes. Matt Holliday, no. Torrey Hunter, no. Andrew Jones, yes. Victor Martinez, no. Jill Maurer, yes. Andy Pettit, no. Brandon Phillips, no. Manny Ramirez, no. Jose Reyes, no. A-Rod, no. Francisco Rodriguez, no. Jimmy Rollins, no. Gary Sheffield, no. James Shields, no. Chase Utley, no. But I'd probably have to go back on that one and look at stats. Omar Vizquel, no. Billy Wagner, I think about. David Wright, I really want to say yes. My gut would lean towards yes, but I know that there were injuries. And maybe some people think that he should have been, if, if he wanted to be in the Hall of Fame, I know it was his body, but for him to be in the Hall of Fame, he needed to be better for a longer stretch of time. Uh, stretch of time. Um, but when I look at him initially, I lean towards yes. So that's how I would go initially. But I'm not going to dive into the stats of every single player here uh, because this is obviously a Padres San Diego-based show. So let's get to Adrian Gonzalez and James Shields, the two new guys that were put on this ballot, former Padres. I'm going to go with James Shields first, obviously, because Aegon is where the, the discussion is. James Shields, obviously, no. I mean, there are some guys where I'm surprised. It's like, oh, they made the Hall of Fame ballot? Is it because, I don't know this, is there like a minimum number of nominees that have to be on the ballot every year? So that's how they decide this? Like, how do they decide who gets on the ballot? I could look it up, but I didn't look it up before the show. You look at James Shields, over 2,000 strikeouts, over 2,600 innings. Career ERA was four, so right there I'm like, no. One all-star appearance, that's it. I mean, you got to have more than that. I know some of it is, you know, opinions of people, but you got to have more than that. 2011 was the only year, and I know the all-star was, well, it's based off, you know, first-half performance. It doesn't take into account the entire season. Uh, did not win the Cy Young. One top three Cy Young finish. Like, he just didn't do enough for me there. Um, you look at, an ERA is not everything, but it is something to probably the older voters. And how many seasons did he have a sub three ERA here? One, one season, 2011, where he was named an All-Star. 11 complete games, almost 250 innings. He, pits, he had a lot of seasons where he had over 200 innings. So he had a good career, but he is definitely not a Hall of Famer. And I think Padres fans 
we know that James Shields did not pitch great for the Padres, but I think we're happy that James Shields ended up being a Padre because of what we got back in that James Shields deal. Some dude named Fernando. I think he uh, is a pretty good ball player and is going to end up having one heck of a career when all things are said and done. Now, let's get to Adrian Gonzalez. My gut reaction is no. And when I looked at the numbers earlier today, I think that the numbers confirmed my gut reaction. I was looking up, what's the what's the war? Because war is not everything, but war, like how valuable are, are you to your team over the span of your career? What is the like average war for a Hall of Famer? And I saw, I think it was a Fangraphs article, 50 to 70 is like usually the range there. And you look at Adrian Gonzalez, and he's at 43.5. 2,050 hits, 317 home runs, 287 batting average, 997 runs scored, over 1,200 runs driven in, a 129 OPS plus, 843 OPS. Like, I think he belongs in the Hall of Very Good. You go to achievements. One, two, three, four, five all-star appearances a few top 10 MVP finishes, his best MVP MVP finish coming in 2010. That was his third all-star appearance with the Padres, his third career all-star appearance. He ended up having five, four with, three with the, yeah, three with the Padres. Um, 2011 was with the Boston Red Sox. There was multiple, obviously, top 20 MVP finishes. He had one, two, three, four gold gloves. He had a couple silver sluggers. Like, you see that, and it's okay. Okay, all right. The awards are there. Silver slugger is there. All right. But I go to compare him with the other Hall of Fame first baseman. Like, okay, these guys got into the Hall of Fame. Why? Let's compare those guys to Agon. And I compared that. I wrote this in a Gaslamp Ball article today as well. There's a little visual graph if you want to go look at that. Um, Adrian Gonzalez, I put up the chart with games, war, average, OPS, home runs, and hits. It's not, those aren't everything, but those are stats that, you know, those are main basic numbers that people look at, right? And I compared Adrian Gonzalez with Eddie Murray, Jim Tomey, Jeff Bagwell, and Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff just got, he just got in. He was a 2023 inductee, right? Because I remember I was sitting at the winter meetings last offseason and in a room like 100 feet away from me, they were announcing who was getting in. I obviously was not allowed because I'm not a member of the media, um, but I was sitting there and I saw that get announced. So yeah, that was 2023 he got inducted. And I, I did those because those were recent not Eddie Murray wasn't like recent but you go to the Hall of Fame's website and I just went with some of the more recent guys I wasn't going to compare Agon to someone from 1930 like that's not I don't think that's right it was different right but let's go through games among these five players right Agon Eddie Murray Jim Tomey Bagwell McGriff Agon had the fewest amount of games, less than 2,000. Eddie Murray had over 3,000. Tommy had over 2,500. Bagwell, over 2,100. And Fred McGriff, over 2,400. War. Agon was last in this category as well, 43.5. Eddie Murray was 68.6. Tommy, 73.1. Bagwell, 79.9. And Fred McGriff, 52.6. And Fred McGriff, by the way, he did not get in by the usual normal vote the first time through he got in through the smaller what's the committee called era committee something it's a smaller uh group of people voting it's not the writers so there's that in games and war and then average 287 for agon 287 for eddie murray 276 for tommy uh bagwell 297 and mcgriff 284 so he's close there he's not last place in that but when you go to Jim Tomey for OPS, 956. Agon was 843. Eddie Murray was 836. Bagwell was 948. Fred McGriff was 886. So he's almost in last on OPS there. Home runs, 
317 for Agon. He's last easily in this. Eddie Murray, 504. Jim Tomey, 612. Jeff Bagwell, 449. Fred McGriff, 493. Not close. Home runs, home runs are not everything, but it is a category people look at. Hits. And he was last in this. 2,050 hits for him. Tomey had 2,328 hits. Bagwell, 2,314. Fred McGriff had 2,490. And Eddie Murray had 3,255. Some of these stats that I name off here are, you know, because this guy played in more years, more games than Aegon did. So I realized that. But look at the hits. You know, if, you, if you're around 3,000, that's where it's like, okay, you're a Hall of Famer. If you didn't, like, use PEDs and stuff like that, right? Or the home run number. What's the home run? Like, 500 home runs, 3,000 hits. Like, you're one of the best players ever, right? And you don't need to be that to make it to the Hall of Fame. But I do look at those numbers, home runs, hits, like that, and then the war, 50 to 70, kind of like average. And Aegon didn't hit any of those. He's not close in home runs. Over 300 home runs, like he was a, I think he's in the Hall of Very Good. I'm not trying to say he sucked. Definitely not. But he's not a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Um, let me know your thoughts in the comments, on social media, at Talking Friars on Twitter and Instagram. Um, obviously, I don't think Aegon's going to be in the Padres Hall of Fame or anything like that. Because doesn't he embrace being a Dodger? Like, that's his team. Didn't he go to some international event for Major League Baseball and he represented the Dodgers for it. I think he does some post-game stuff for the Dodgers network. Like Padre fans, I don't think they look at Aegon as a Padre. I think that he should have been a Padre. Peter Seiler was not the owner of this team when he was going to be a free agent, so he ends up getting dealt to the Red Sox and then the Padres don't even, you know, did they make an offer? I don't even think they did. He ends up going uh, with the Dodgers, obviously, after being with the Red Sox, finished his career with the New York Mets. But these years that he had with the Padres, I mean, All-Star in 2008, 2009, 2010, played 160 games in all three of those seasons. Like, those were some amazing seasons there for Magon. You know, top 20 MVP finishes, couple gold gloves, fourth place in the MVP in 2010. I mean, yeah, that was... Led the league in walks in 2009 with 119. Like, pitchers did not want to pitch to that guy. Really good. But that's the hall of really good. That's the hall of very good. Hall of Fame, I think, is reserved for, you know, you look at that name on the ballot, and it's like, yep, that's a Hall of Fame. And some guys do deserve to be in the Hall of Fame when you dive deeper into the numbers. Because there are some guys, I didn't follow their career closely. But... For some of the older voters that saw all of these guys' careers, all of them, and they should be able to sit there and say, okay, yep, that guy's a Hall of Famer. If you have to think about it, again, maybe he deserves to be a Hall of Famer, but I think there's some voters that look at the ballot and they're like, yep, that guy's a Hall of Famer. They, sh they just go by looking at the ballot. So I, I hope that guys look through numbers and they don't just look at the names but maybe some do. And they're like, well, at least the first time they look through the ballot, they look at the names, check, check, check on who is definitely a Hall of Famer. Then they go through some of the guys they're debating, look at the numbers, and then if they have to, they check the boxes for some of these other guys. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts there. Adrian Gonzalez appearing on the Hall of Fame ballot for 2024. Let's see what some people in the chat think. Devin says, Aegon is a Hall of Fame player-wise, but representing a team that's up to the fan, which team the player resonates more with. Okay. I disagree with him being a Hall of Fame player. Grant says, Adrian totally deserves it. Over 300 career dingers, 287 average, all-time inspiration. Well, all inspiration does not factor into the Hall of Fame voting, I don't think. Devin says, Aegon has better numbers with the Padres than with the Dodgers. Gonzalez works with the Dodgers media and said publicly in the past he prefers the Dodgers over the Padres. Yeah, there you go. That's why I think a lot of Padres fans, they immediately say no to Adrian Gonzalez Hall of Fame. Or they they're kind of use my 
method. Like, is this guy a Hall of Famer? You look at the name. No, he's not. Okay. Not even going to look at the numbers. Not going to dive into it. Nope. Not a Hall of Famer. Okay. I don't think he is. After I dove into, I initially said no. And then when I went into the numbers, I was like, yeah, okay. That confirms what I initially thought. Grant says, I agree about the stats too, which is why I think Aegon could get in just on the merits of how much energy he injected in otherwise middling Padres team during my childhood. Charlie says, Adrian Gonzalez can't even get in the Padres Hall of Fame. How is he going to get inducted in the National Baseball Hall of Fame? Well, I also think, now, I don't think Garvey's number should be retired by the Padres. Um, that's just my opinion on it. He views himself as more of a Dodger than a Padre. If Adrian views himself as more of a Dodger than a Padre, then yeah, don't go into the Padres Hall of Fame. I think that it's right for the Padres not to have him in the Padres Hall of Fame. If you don't care about yourself as a Padre and you don't look at yourself as a Padre, it's hard for me to put to, to want to put you into the Padres Hall of Fame. Yeah. Grant says Adrian has arguably better stats than David Wright. Just a thought. That is true. I And if I look at... David Wright's numbers here. Let me compare David Wright and Aegon. The injuries did really get to David Wright. Seven-time All-Star for David Wright. All-Stars aren't everything, but five-time All-Star for Aegon. Two gold gloves for David Wright. Four for Aegon. Two silver sluggers for David Wright. Two for Aegon. Um, if we look at war... David Wright at a higher war. He, his was at 49.2, which is closer to the 50 to 70 range. Aegon was 43.5. Aegon was more of a home run hitter. But David Wright had him in average 296 compared to 287. David Wright, less RBI, but obviously like those, they were two different hitters. 133 OPS plus for David Wright. 129 for Adrian Gonzalez. 843 OPS for Aegon. 867 for David Wright. But if you go to the at-bats, Aegon had a, you know over 2,000 more at-bats, I think. No, a little bit less than 2,000. He had above 7,100 at-bats. David Wright had almost 6,000 at-bats. So there's, you know, the sample size isn't, you know, right there. 14 years for David Wright, 15, I believe, for Aegon. But 1,929 games for Aegon, 1,585 games for David Wright. You look at top 10 MVP finishes, Aegon had three. David Wright had one, two, three, four. Yeah, I mean, about the same amount of years played. More at-bats, you know, there was more injuries for, I think, for David Wright. Aegon played in more games per season. He was playing a lot of, he had a lot of 150 plus game played seasons. David Wright had one, two, three, four, five, six, six. Aegon had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So yeah, I mean, durability, being on the field, that should matter as well. Yeah, you know, David Wright, Aegon, I think both aren't going to get in. I think both are in the Hall of Very Good. Maybe there's going to be an East Coast bias and there will be more David Wright votes than for Adrian Gonzalez. Uh, maybe David Wright ends up getting in. Maybe Aegon ends up getting in. Not by the writers, but by the, what is it called? New Era Committee? Hall of Fame? The Contemporary Baseball Era Players Committee. I think that's what it's called. It shall consist of 16 players, I believe. 16 members. Comprised of members of the National Baseball Hall of Fame, executives, and veteran media members. The chairman of the board of directors of the National Baseball Hall of Fame and Museum shall act as the non-voting chairman of the committee and shall act as non-voting secretary of the committee. So it's a smaller group that votes. It's like your second shot of getting in. Uh, Harold Baines got in that way. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but he got in there. Fred McGriff got in there. So maybe they get in at some point. 
Joe Maurer might not get in either, but I think he's a Hall of Famer. Injuries got to him as well. And he had to move from catcher to first. Devin says Shields is not a Hall of Famer for me. Sure, he was at one point, he was one of the best pitchers during his career, but he's just okay. He's only known for the trade with Nando. Yeah, there's some other fan bases like Tampa that, you know, knows him because of how good he was pitching for them. But yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer. I think we can all agree on that one. Charlie says, Fred McGriff barely made the Hall of Fame. It has better numbers than Agon. You know, that's especially war. Yeah, I did look at that. Yep. And we compared those numbers already today. So, yeah, that's a it's a good case that you make there. I don't. Yeah. Again, I don't think Agon's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Caesar. Yeah. Garvey is in the Padres Hall of Fame. I don't think maybe. I think he should have like his home run in the Padres Hall of Fame. You know, if you've been to the Padres Hall of Fame at Petco, you can walk around the room. There's certain moments from Padres history, but for him to be in the Padres Hall of Fame, I want to go through the members of the Padres Hall of Fame. Nate Colbert, obviously, yes. Randy Jones, yes. Ray Kroc, yes. Dave Winfield, yes. Uh, Buzzy Bavasi. Architect of the Padres after nearly three decades with the Dodgers, including 15 seasons as president and GM. I'm probably botching the name. I'm sorry. Uh, he was inducted when I was negative two years old. So excuse me for not knowing that name. Jerry Coleman, yes. Tony Gwynn, yes. Dick Williams, Trevor Hoffman, Benito, Gary Templeton, Ken Caminetti, Ted Williams, Jack McKeon, Kevin Towers, Ted Leitner, Larry Lakina. No, Steve Garvey is not in the Padres Hall of Fame, actually. His number is retired, but in terms of, you go on the Padres website, you look at Padres Hall of Fame, the members, Steve Garvey is not in the Padres Hall of Fame. Yeah, I thought, I don't, yeah, I remember walking around the Hall of Fame. I do that probably a couple times a year to go in there. I don't remember seeing Garvey's up there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's not in the Padres Hall of Fame. Put the home run up in there. Yeah, for sure, of course. It's a great moment in the team's history. But, yeah, that also doesn't make sense. If, you're, if, if your number's retired, how are you not in the Padres Hall of Fame? doesn't make a whole lot of sense. His number should not be retired. That's, that's definitely where I stand on that. I think that's where a lot of other Padres fans stand on it, to be honest. Yeah, De no, Garvey's not in the Padres Hall of Fame. Unless the website's incorrect, he is not in the Padres Hall of Fame. All right, a break here, message about Underdog Fantasy, and then we will get to the manager search. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick-up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. 
If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. The latest on the Padres manager search is nothing. Yeah. Right now, we are not hearing anything. Crickets. Uh, The Padres are expected to name their manager before Thanksgiving. The latest report was from Kevin Acey, I think the morning that we learned Peter Seidler passed away. So last Tuesday. I'm going to remember that day for the rest of my life. Um, that was posted at like 8 o'clock in the morning. We learned around, what, 10 a.m. that Peter had passed away? So the update there was Phil Nevin was gaining momentum. Like, maybe he's the favorite. Him and Schilt. Benji Gill not believed to be in the running. Flaherty probably not ready yet is what the update there was. We haven't heard from Dennis Lynn. Haven't heard from AC. Casavell, Rosenthal, anyone about the Padres search. So the longer that this goes on makes me believe that it's not going to be Mike Schilt. I'd be surprised if it's Ryan Flaherty now. I'd be surprised if it's Benji Gill. I would not be surprised if it's Phil Nevin because maybe the Padres can find a way to keep everyone else on the coaching staff with Phil Nevin being the manager. And Preller, he can have his shoes what's what's the saying socks knocked off shoes knocked socks knocked off i think it can happen right hasn't that happened with past manager searches um you know andy green comes in or jace tingler comes in you think that there's a favor and then he goes in another direction so yeah i would not be surprised if it's phil nevin And if it is Phil Nevin, I'm not going to be pissed off. I know there's going to be Padres fans that are going to be pissed off. I see it in the comments. like I, Because they see, oh, what did he do with the Angels? Oh, didn't make the postseason. Okay, he's going to be bad with the Padres, which isn't necessarily true. I don't think, and I've said this before, I don't think that he was put in the best position to succeed there with the Angels. He was in a postseason spot, and then the best players on the planet got hurt. And he had to take over for Joe Madden for a team that wasn't that good. So, yeah, I, I, I want to see, I'd be interested in seeing what he can do with a talented Padres team. Now, this team might not have Juan Soto on it, but I think it's still going to be a talented team. Maybe Hassan Kim's going to be on it. We'll see. He might get traded. Who knows? But Tatis is going to be here. Manny's going to be here. Bogarts is going to be here. I would think that Cronenworth's going to be here. Darvish, Musgrove, Suarez, Camposano, I think he can only, I hope he's going to keep getting better. Like, there's talent on this team. And the Padres, they're going to bring in talent in the rotation. Don't know who it's going to be, but there's talent in this organization. So I want to see what Phil Nevin can do with these players, with this talent. He's a former player. I think he lives in Poway. He would care about winning for this Padres team. I don't think he'd give up on the players in that clubhouse. I think that he would remain committed to this Padres team and want to try to win. He's played for this team. He played for a while for the Padres. He hit a lot of home runs for the Padres. He has coaching experience in the minors, in the majors, as a base coach, as a bench coach, as a manager. So I would not mind it if he ended up being the manager. I think you want passion. You want not letting things slide. I think that he checks those boxes. Now, Mike Schilt, you could say, checks some of those as well. Not wanting to let things slide. He has postseason experience in the big leagues as a manager. Isn't he kind of like Craig Council? Craig Council just got a ton of money from the Cubs, but he hadn't reached the World Series. Okay, Schilt hadn't reached the World Series, but so same thing with Council. And everyone is drooling over Mike Council, Mike Council over Craig Council. At least the Cubs were, right? One of the best managers in baseball. They're paying him like he's the best manager in baseball. Um, So I would be fine with either of those. Benji Gill would be interesting. I guess I'd be fine with any of these guys, to be honest. Flaherty, I think that's a big question mark. I don't think he's going to get it. I think that would be a big question mark because he's never done it before. He hasn't even done it at like the WBC level like Benji Gill has. But if this is A.J. Preller's last manager hiring, go with your guy. 
and I'm going to give you a fair shot. Regardless of who you are, I'm going to give you a fair shot. Who else could be involved here? Because there was reporting that there's there might be some other names. Wasn't it John Morosi? He reported that there were some other additional candidates as well that were not named. So is that David Ross? I think he's only interested in managing. So have they had that conversation already? I feel like Preller, well, obviously, he's keeping things close to the vest here because things aren't leaking out. So is David Ross in this? I'm not ruling out Skip Schumacher yet. It's kind of like the Giants. Hey, until they hire a manager and it's not Bob Melvin, I'm not ruling out the possibility of Bob Melvin going to the, going to the Giants. And then he goes to the Giants. With Skip, I'm not ruling out that possibility. Now, I think that would leak because the Marlins, there's the Marlins would have to give permission to the Padres to interview Skip to be their manager. And I think that might get out. So I'm not so sure it's happened. I don't think it has happened, but I'm not going to rule it out. You know, Preller has done some sneaky stuff. Did we know that Bob Melvin was talking with the Padres until that was hired, until the, the, the hiring happened? I think it was Casavell who sent out that tweet a few years back, a couple years back. That caught everyone off of, off guard, right? So I'm not ruling out Skip Schumacher. Now, I don't know about his relationship with A.J. Preller, how that was, if he wants to return to the Padres organization. I don't know. But I feel like he'd want to manage this team, this the players in the clubhouse. I think the players would respect the heck out of Skip Schumacher. So I would love that. I don't think that's happening. Again, I think it would have gotten out if Preller had talked to Skip Schumacher or at least requested to talk to Skip Schumacher. So I, I it's a very low possibility, but I'm still leaving the door open because I'm hoping that it happens. Uh, but yeah, right now I would say it's going to be Phil Nevin because if it was Mike Schilt, I think it would have already happened. I'm glad the Padres are taking their time. It's not like they've needed a manager. I mean, sure, Bob Melvin, does he have a head start because he's communicating with the Giants players and front office and getting to know the organization and all that? Sure. But no big free agents have signed other than Aaron Nola, right? And he just went back to the Phillies. Like, there's time for this. Get it done by before Thanksgiving. Obviously, the Peter Seidler news wrecked everybody, and that obviously halted things. And understandably so it definitely should have if it didn't halt things that would have actually kind of uh frustrated me to be honest so yeah that's where we're at um i, th I think if if the shilt hiring would have happened it would have already happened i'm not saying that i would be shocked if shilt got hired as the manager tomorrow or, so, or it feels like it would be tomorrow that the hiring would at least be late tomorrow and then maybe a press conference on wednesday but yeah we don't we don't know a ton about this. There's some names that are floated out there that we think are the finalists, but there could be additional candidates. So we'll see how this ends up here. Phil Nevin coming back to the Padres. That would that would be an interesting storyline. Even if even the ones that don't want Phil Nevin as the manager, come on. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? That would be very interesting. Devin asked, who retired Garvey's number in the first place? Probably one of the owners at the time. Yeah, that's a good question. Who retired Garvey's number? I probably should have done this research already. Who retired Steve Garvey's number? It just comes up with the Padres. Of course it does. Uh, 1988, the Padres retired the number six. His first season in retirement. So, Padres' owner in 1988 was, it was Croc, right? Yeah. 1988 was, yeah, Joan Croc. So, probably the, the emotional connection from 84. So, that's who did it. I guess I understand that. And they probably were like, yeah, let's get a retired number up there. So, like, we can have a retired number. But, yeah. 
I get it. It was a big moment, and that was the first World Series appearance in the franchise's history. Huge home run. And the current ownership group, the Padres right now, Seidler, the Sidlers, they probably wouldn't do that, unretire Steve Garvey's number, because they would say that, well, that's disrespectful to the people that retired the number, you know? But come on. Who let's ask let's ask let's ask this question. Which number would you rather have retired? Number 44 when Musgrove retires or number six? I think we all would say number 44 because it represents Jake Peavy and it represents Joe Musgrove. Would you rather have 44 or six? I think we'd all say 44. And maybe we're biased because of what's happening right now with Musgrove being in a Padres uniform and we're seeing Garvey, um, you know, talking with you know at Dodger Stadium and being more connected with the Dodgers but i think we would all agree 44 over 6 maybe some people that were there in 1984 they're saying no Garvey or keep Garvey why not just have 44 retired alongside all those numbers that's that'll that's probably what will happen um i personally though would say no to Garvey what's up at the manager spot yeah pretty much nothing no update. Well, there, there's something. I guarantee there's something going on. We just don't know about it. it. It's it's something that has not been leaked to any members of the media. Devin asked, did you see Aaron Nola's contract? Yes, I did. So what does this mean for Blake Snell? You know, that's a question. Seven years, 172 mil, I believe, for Aaron Nola. A little less than $30 million a year. I don't. I mean, I said this on my Baseball Struck YouTube channel. I don't think that this means a ton for the starting pitching market. I think this was about what we expected Aaron Nola to get, right? He was going to get more than 150, but probably not 200. And that's exactly what he ended up getting between those two numbers. Blake Snell, they're going to ask for probably $200 million. Yamamoto is probably going to be asking for $200 plus million. And he might get it from some team. And all it takes is one team to bite for Blake Snell. Two-time Cy Young winner, American League, and the National League. Just had an amazing season. Um, you know, came through in some big spots, you know, with uh, action on the bases. Some team's going to do it. All it takes is one. But I, I, right now, I would say I don't think that Snell's going to get $200 million. I think that they're going to try, but I don't think they're going to get there. I see him getting like 180, 180 to 200, somewhere around there. So a little more than Aaron Nola got. I think he could get higher AAV than Aaron Nola, but Aaron Nola has been durable. He doesn't go on the IL. He pitches. He can go deep into games. Where Blake Snell, that's not who he is for the most part. I don't think he's going to produce this season again next year or in 2025. So, yeah, I, I'm interested in seeing how Blake Snell does on the free agent market. I don't think that this does a whole lot, except, you know, have Scott Boris be more confident in the asking price for Blake Snell, what, what he wants to try to get for his client. Irie says, El Gallo, non-roster invite, Will Myers. Uh, at spring, he's only 31 or retires. Yeah, I feel like he's just going to retire. There might be interest. He might go to another team, minor league invite. If I was the Padres, yeah, I'd invite him minor league invite. Why not? They probably want the like storybook ending though with Will, and maybe Will wants that and just not even go back to the Padres. And so he can have a great relationship with the fan base and all that. Just, you know, come back to Petco whenever he wants. His last season was the long postseason run in 2022. I think that that's what he wants, and so I don't think he's going to come back, but I, I would offer it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't hurt. Minor league invite does not hurt for any player. Even if you think that player is done, it doesn't hurt to fill up a spot in spring training. Now, for the players that are grinding every day, why give a roster spot to that person when I'm working my butt off and that guy's career is over? I understand it. But sitting as a fan, a fan perspective, yeah, give, why not? I don't think he's going to make the roster. I think he, yeah, he's only 31. Is that, 
Yeah. 32. 32. But yeah, that's he's not 40. He's not Nelson Cruz. So if he wants to play, I mean, someone should give him a shot. Devin says, can they retire PV slash Musgrove's number twice? I think they would just retire the number 44. And PV and Musgrove would, we would know that it's PV and Musgrove. PV's already in the Padres Hall of Fame. Musgrove will probably be there one day. And you'll just know 44 is for both of them. Are there other teams that have done that? Like, well, the Yankees, they've retired multiple numbers, right? Or both. Multiple guys have filled one number. Yankees, retired numbers. Like a manager and then a player. But these are two players, so it is it is different. Uh, let's see. DiMaggio, Torrey. Well, I could go through the whole list. Billy Martin, Jeter, Ruth, Gehrig, DiMaggio, Torrey, Mantle, Barra. Okay. No, these are two players. So Yogi Berra and Bill Dickey, they both have number eight. So that could happen. Uh, Maris, Rizzuto, Munson, Whitey Ford, Posada, O'Neill, Mattingly, Howard, Stengel, Robinson, Moe. But that's that's different as well. Like Jackie Robinson and then Mariano Rivera, also 42. He was wearing 42 when that was announced that every team was retiring it. So he was allowed to keep it. And he was the last person to wear 42 as like their actual jersey number. Reggie, Pettit, Gidry, Bernie. So there's a couple instances there where it's two numbers, but so it, yeah, it can happen. I would do 44, PV and Musgrove. Everyone would know why. It, we would know 44. Uh, did Kyle, Kyle Blanks wore 44, right? It's not like people would mistake it for, oh, it was. Uh, Kyle Blanks and Joe Musgrove. No, 88, my bad. Double 44. I don't know why I thought 44 was Kyle Blanks. My bad. Um, Anything else Padre-wise to get to here? I keep checking social media. There's nothing there as of now. The Padres over the weekend, If I mean, I'll hit on this for like 30 seconds. They did sign another infielder, McCoy. What was his name? Mason McCoy, minor league deal, spring training invite, 28 years old, made his big league debut with the Blue Jays, played in the Mariners organization as well. Dennis Lynn says he figures to compete for a bench utility job in camp. So... That was one signing that came across from the Padres over the weekend. Already talked about the trade that happened. That was what, Friday? De Los Santos coming to the Padres. Scott Barlow going to the Cleveland Guardians. And then Tim Hill, Austin Nola being non-tendered. Same thing with Taylor Colway. And there was one other guy, Jose Espada. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. I want to finish this getting to some San Diego sports. San Diego FC, they have opened up a kind of pop-up shop. I think it's going to be open till like February of 2024. That is at the Mission Valley Mall, I believe. So it's called 18 Threads San Diego FC shirts and hats and scarves and all that. So you can go check them out there. Go to San Diego FC social media. You'll be able to see it there. I think there's a story in the San Diego Union Tribune about it as well. San Diego State football, they lost. They're now at three and eight, I think. They stink this season. I When these events happened over the weekend, I made videos on it. So you can, you know, get more of my reaction, my full reaction through those videos. San Diego State, they lose on the road to San Jose State. Some mistakes. Just uh, They're a rough watch this season, no doubt about that. And uh, we're just waiting for who's going to be the next head coach of this team. Senior night is going to be coming up at Snapdragon Stadium this next weekend. I believe they're giving away beanies to the first like 10,000 fans, something like that. Hopefully the ticket prices are going to be friendly to fans who want to come out and support those seniors because some of the ticket prices have not been too great. And there are going to be ticket price adjustments according to J.D. Wicker, athletic director of San Diego State. So that's the good news. And we'll see who ends up being the next head coach. And I think that head coach should be bringing a quarterback with them. You see USC with Lincoln Riley. You saw Washington. Uh, Oregon bringing Bo Nix along was Lanning, right? Like you see that. So hopefully a quarterback can come with this new guy, assuming it's like an offensive coordinator. I know Washington's OC is it is it um, Grub? I think is his name, Ryan Grub. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Grub, Kalen DeBoer, head football coach for Washington. Like he brought, I think he brought, um. Penix with him. So Ryan Grubb, we'll see what happens there. I don't know if he has a quarterback in mind, but it would be nice because this team needs better offense. And then San Diego State basketball gave my reaction last night. What a game that was. Jaden Ledee, he should be in the in the, the player of the year conversation. Um, he just won player of the week. I saw that on ESPN. Definitely deserves it. Dropped over 30 points last night. San Diego State. They beat St. Mary's. They beat Washington. Their one loss this year so far was at BYU, which isn't even a bad loss. They've beaten Cal State Fullerton. Who am I forgetting? Long Beach State. They beat them at Viejas. And Long Beach State goes and beats Michigan at Michigan. And San Diego State's not ranked in the top 25. I don't understand that. That doesn't make sense to me. But the AP top 25 does not matter. It just creates conversation, which is what's happening right now. Um, I was listening to John and Jim. John Schaefer's pissed off about it. Same thing with me. But it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is what that committee thinks. We're like five, what are we, five games into the season? Five, six games. There's a long ways to go. Who cares? But I I guess I care because I got worked up about it. Right when I saw that this morning, I was like, all right, more disrespect for the Aztecs. You know, they make it to the national championship game this past year. They're playing good. Coming off the start, you know, to start this season, you've got two lost teams making it in the top 25 still, and the Aztecs have lost one game, and they just had two impressive wins. St. Mary's, sure, the second half at the end there wasn't that great, but they win it overtime, and Washington's a good school, a good program, and you win that neutral court game, and you can't get rewarded for it in the top 25. They moved down, I think, in the coaches' pool, so again, it just doesn't make sense to me. These writers... I think a lot of them voted for the the top 25 before San Diego State even played Washington last night. So that might be why. Regardless, it's stupid, but it, it doesn't matter. I just got worked up for no reason.
And then San Diego Wave, as I did in a video earlier today, Abby Dahlkemper, Naomi Gurma, Jane Shaw, the three Wave representatives being on the U.S. Women's National Team December friendly roster. No Alex Morgan, but I feel like it's just part of the plan. It's December. She went on vacation. It's okay. I know there's doubters out there. She's done. She's toast. I refuse to believe that. There's still something left. And they're just giving young players a shot. Emma Hayes is the new head coach. She's not there in the United States. She's with Chelsea. But she helped plan this roster here with Twilight, with Twilight Kilgore as the head coach. Matt Crocker, obviously, also leading things there. And, you know, Alyssa Thompson's on it. Jane Shaw's on it. Mia Fischel's on it. Lynn Williams and Sophia Smith and Trinity Rodman. I'm probably forgetting people. Yeah, Ashley Hatch. Probably forgetting another person. Um, apologies, I don't have the roster right in front of me right now. But, like, they're getting young players the opportunity. Abby Dahlkemper, congratulations to her. Awesome that she is back. Obviously, the back surgery she played on the national team was a big part in winning the World Cup in 2019. It's been a long journey back for her, so I'm super excited to possibly be able to see her in those friendlies coming up at the beginning of December. She definitely has worked for it. Didn't know if this day was going to come, uh, but congratulations to her. And then Jane Shaw, obviously, it's going to be cool to see her back in her hometown in Frisco, Texas. The second of the two friendlies, the first one, is going to be in Florida. I think December 2nd and December 5th are the dates of those friendlies. Jane Shaw, someone that feels like San Diego Wave is going to be building around her and Naomi Gurma here in the years to come. And then there were also, also some moves here. San Diego Wave, they announced their roster decisions for after the season. There's you know certain players that are free agents, certain players that are on the team. Uh, before I get to that, though, Kaylee Real, she was traded to Utah Royals FC, who is one of the two expansion teams this year, the other being uh, Bay FC. So San Diego Wave acquired $60,000 in allocation money and 2024 expansion draft protection from Utah in exchange for defender Kaylee Real. So expansion draft, I believe it's in December. So that means that San Diego, none of their players can get picked by Utah. That's what that means. There's other players in the league, other, not players, other teams in the league like Orlando that have gotten protection, expansion protection from the expansion teams. We'll see if San Diego decides to make another deal uh, at some point to, I think trades are still allowed right now. Um, but we'll see if they make another move to get expansion protection from Bay FC uh, so that no other players can get picked. But this is, you know, half of the expansion draft, half of the picks. Okay, no players are going to get picked, and I'm sure that makes Wave players and Wave staff happy there. Um, there was... Oh, oh, I'm reading here. Expansion draft set to be held Friday, December 15th at 4 p.m. Pacific time. And then the other roster news, uh, defender Maya, Mia or Maya? I think it's Mia, Maya, Mia. Mia Zhao will enter the waiver wire. She was uh, a bench player. And then there are players that are already under contract for 2024. Um, the keepers, all are there. Doll Kemper, defenders, Doll Kemper, Nay. Uh, McNabb, Cola Prico in the midfield, Maggie Doherty Howard, Corniak, Jaden Shaw, Kelsey Turnbow, and then forwards Mel Barcenas, Rachel Hill, Sophia Jakobsen, and Alex Morgan. Um, and Engi, Sierra Engi, they are under contract for the 2024 season, so that is good news. But there are free agents for San Diego Wave, obviously, Amira Ali, Bella Breedy, Kira Carusa. DeMarco, they are all out of contract at the end of this year. Um, so I believe they're free agents. Doniak, Pogarch, Van Egmond, and Westhall are free agents. I feel like a lot of these players are going to be coming back, though. Um, I mean, San Diego Wave, they were successful in 2023. Shield winners, they, I think they want to keep a lot of these players together. You know, if it ain't broke, then don't try to go fix it. They're going to bring other players in. Not not all these players are going to stay, no doubt about that. And there are some, you know, things that they probably would like to change. They obviously know way more than I do. Things that they would like to change because there were sometimes 
you know, in the playoff match, their loss, like maybe some certain things that they're looking at. It's like, oh, maybe if we had a certain player bring them in in here, that would help. So we'll see what happens. But Senegal Wave still going to have a very talented roster this upcoming season. And the core of players is still all under contract. So, yeah, I feel like it's going to be another positive season in 2024. We'll see what the offseason here brings for San Diego Wave and the rest of the NWSL teams. All right, let's end this by going to the rest of the chat here to see if anyone else has any questions, any comments. Charlie says, Padres have a history of making dumb emotional decisions after a playoff run. Cough, cough, retiring Garvey's number and the Cronoworth contract extension. <laughs> well, those are two different decisions. Um, one had ramifications for, you know, actually like money that they can spend in the future with the Cronoworth stuff. But I don't want to make it, I don't want it out there like that Cronoworth is a bad player. Yeah, his numbers have regressed offensively, but I still believe in him. He's still a good defensive player. He's a team player. He works his butt off. This is not someone that is okay with sucking and he's okay with having a down year. Like he's going to be motivated to be better. No doubt about that. Um, and then the other one, yeah, that I understand it being an emotional decision. Retire his number, maybe went a little bit too far, but it's easy to say that in hindsight when you're not the owner of the team at the time, right? Irie says, Crony just needs to go back to second. Well, then are we trading Hassan Kim? Jim Bowden did write about that in The Athletic. I think today, earlier this morning, that article came out. And he brought up the Boston Red, or a fan brought up, the, brought up the Boston Red Sox, and he responded to that question. He was doing a mailbag article. And it, it involved Nick York, who's one of the Red Sox top second baseman prospects. It involved uh, Tanner Houck, I believe, a starting pitcher, and maybe some other prospects. Would we do that? One year of Hassan Kim to the Red Sox for someone like Tanner Houck and a top prospect. Would we do that? I would seriously think about it because you're selling high on Hassan Kim. And if you want Crony to have value, he probably has to go back to second base. You've made the decision already between Crony and Kim. You've chosen Jake Cronoworth. Like that's the decision. So I think it's best for Cronoworth to move back to second base. But Hassan Kim was also one of your best players this past year. So what message does that send to the team, to the fan base, if you trade Hassan Kim? I know this might be a little bit hypocritical. Like, I want to keep Juan Soto, and I'm not saying I want to trade Hassan Kim, but I would trade Hassan Kim if the right deal came along. With Juan Soto, it would have to be really good. With Hassan Kim, it would have to be, okay, you know, you can move Crony back to second base, you're selling high on Kim, and you get maybe a top prospect back, and you're getting starting pitching back. You're you're helping, you're filling a hole, and you're moving someone to fill a hole that was made with Kim leaving, right? Cronenworth going from first to second base. And that allows you then to, you know, feel like you have the need to go get a first baseman, an actual first baseman that is more of a power bat, just to, just to fit the roster a little bit better. Because right now, I mean, I said this earlier in the offseason, it doesn't feel like Crony fits the roster that good right now, unless they turn him into like this utility player. But that's a lot of money to be paying to just a utility player. So he could end up, they could just, you know, have him be a utility guy or play first base again for 2024. And then when Kim goes, they move him to second, back to second. But if you're trying to win right now, you have to ask the question Do you want to have another? year of crony being the first baseman and i'm not so sure that that's the best thing offensively for this padres team so that's another question obviously something that i'm going to be interested in seeing how that works out where crony plays positionally is hassan kim on this team come spring training in 2024 obviously is juan soto on this team in 2024 we'll see what happens all right that's it talking friars episode 518 Thank you so much for the time, podcast platforms, the listeners there. I appreciate you. I appreciate you on YouTube as well. SeatGeek, code TalkingFriars, $20 off your order there. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100. Breaking Tea, they also, I want to mention, Breaking Tea has a sale right now. 
early Black Friday sale up to 50 to 90% off some of their shirts. So click that link in the description. There's some Tati shirts that are, they're usually like over 30 bucks. It's like $16 that I saw on the website today. So click the link in the description for some, if maybe some early holiday gifts, who knows? Um, take advantage of that sale there. Breaking tea link in the description. Gaglione Bros, the main sponsor of this show. Great cheesesteaks, garlic fries. Gaglionebros.com is their website. Main location on Friars Road. Go to their website for the address, the phone number, the menu. Any questions you have, go there for that. And then Foco, Potteries, Bobbleheads, and Collectibles. I believe they're going to be having a sale as well. So stay tuned to uh, the show for me to promote that and on social media for that. All right, that's it. And we'll see if a manager gets named tomorrow. See ya.